Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. We are coming back today with a new Behind the Curtain episode where I'm opening up the back end of how I wrote my book, what my process looked like, what I think went well, what I do differently next time. This has been one of the most highly requested episodes ever since I shared that I was writing my book last summer. For those of you who don't know, I wrote a book. The book is called The Honest Enneagram. It's all about the Enneagram written from a self-compassion perspective, how to have grace with yourself in the process of diving deep into self-awareness work. So let's talk about what the writing process looked like for me. In some ways, I used my awareness of self as an Enneagram 7 to get this done. I know that I thrive in new environments. When I'm isolated from my distractions and when I feel like there is a time limit. So I booked a trip to Copenhagen for two weeks just to write. This worked for me for a few reasons. The first one is that I could feel inspired. There's really something about change that keeps me interested and engaged and invested. And so I knew that that would work for me. Obviously, if that's not the case for you, (laughs) it might not be the right route. But for me, it definitely was. The second one is that I could be alone, like really alone. The thing is, I'm really crafty with filling my time up. And sometimes I have to get a continent away from other people in order to not do that. So in this space, I wasn't really allowed to, I didn't have access to people to fill my time. The third was that I was away from my day-to-day life and out of my business. There was no Wi-Fi, right? There's, you know, there was Wi-Fi, but no cell service. And I couldn't be on call for my business all the time. I really did my best to do as much work as I could ahead of time to really give myself this two-week period to only think and work on the book. And I had amazing support on the back end from my husband, who was working in the business at the time, to really kind of keep the things together that I couldn't do myself. And that kind of brings me to the fourth point, which is that my cell service didn't work. So as long as I didn't connect to Wi-Fi, there weren't a lot of distractions, right? Like there wasn't a lot for me to do. I couldn't just scroll through Instagram. I could connect to Wi-Fi at most places, but I really did my best not to. I tried to keep my phone offline for as much as possible. The other thing is that Copenhagen is a simple place and my tourism habits are suited to working while I'm traveling. So that's why it kind of worked for me. I know a lot of other people and a lot of other sevens who this wouldn't work for because there would be so much they'd want to see and do. For me, primarily when I travel, I like to do work stuff. I like to go to coffee shops. I like to try different restaurants. I like to meet people, but I like to meet people because I've become a regular somewhere. So that's kind of the way that I prefer to travel is to just kind of pretend like I live there for a while. And so it was suitable for that. The other thing is that Copenhagen, like I said, is a simple place. Not that there's not that much to do because there's a ton to do, but it's relatively straightforward. There's not a ton of like figuring out how I'm going to navigate things. I rode a scooter the entire time. I could have ridden a bike, but I was a little bit more nervous about that. But I I grabbed a scooter and I rode it the whole time I was there, the whole two weeks. And um, that worked for me. The other thing is that it felt special and exciting. It felt like I'm writing my book in Copenhagen, which Other sevens and maybe a lot of fours would resonate with the idea that this is so motivating, this idea of this being a special time that I carved out to be meant for this purpose. 
the final thing too is that it was a consolidated amount of time. Like this is the only thing that I was allowed to do during this time. And it was a short period of time. It was like, you go in, you have to get it done and you only have this amount of time to really get to work and focus on it. I'm highly motivated by a deadline, highly motivated by time sensitivity. This is where the awareness of self comes in, right? Like knowing what drives you, what motivates you, what keeps you engaged is so important because a lot of the things that motivate me and keep me engaged might be extreme demotivators for you. So I encourage you to listen to some of my Entrepreneur Corner episodes where we talk about what motivates you, what keeps you engaged based off of your type, because that could serve you really well. Now, before I went to Copenhagen, I outlined my chapters. I knew what I wanted to write in every single section. It's helpful that this is content that I've been researching and exploring and working with for years. I just needed to get it out of my head and organized. On day one in Copenhagen, I took those giant post-it notes that are very, the sticky post-it notes that are really, really big, and I assigned one of those to each chapter. I put the outlines in place in smaller post-it notes and used that to expand on. What this allowed me to do is to copy, to kind of move the post-it notes off so I could see my progress in real time. What has not worked for me in the past is trying to use an online management system like Trello, which I love Trello, I'm not going to lie, but trying to use something like Trello or Asana to organize my thoughts just does not work for my brain. I had to get it out into physical form on paper and I needed to look at it on the wall. Time and time again, I have proven to myself that this is the method that works for me and this is the method that lets me get through my um, blockages and just get to work. So I got it on paper. I saw it. On, I hung it on the wall of my, like, I probably looked like a sociopath to the people who cleaned my hotel room because the walls were just covered in post-it notes, big ones, and then little ones on top of the big ones. I had figured out that I needed to write two chapters a day in order to finish in time to go home. So I wrote one chapter in the morning. I broke for lunch and I wrote the second chapter after lunch. I ate dinner and then spent the evening in the hotel bar going through the chapters. I would read them aloud and I would make edits. Sometimes the bartender who was working at the time would get all of my regurgitation of the day's work every single evening and bless him for it. I sent every type chapter to someone who identifies as that number and had them read through it and send back their edits in terms of language and nuance of how they experienced what I was describing. Once I was home, so this is what I did in Copenhagen, right? So once I was home, I started working on laying the book out. I had a graphic designer do the technical side of laying it out, margins, technical things like that. And I asked my husband to illustrate the opening chapter art, and I designed the rest of the pages. So once we finished that, we sent it over to the publisher and proceeded to go through several rounds of edits after that. And if I say several rounds, I'm not kidding. I had to keep reminding myself, edits are normal. This is good. This is a good thing. And it really is that. I feel like edits are the breeding ground for for better work, and I really don't feel offended by them. I'm kind of making a joke, but I actually love edits. Things that I think went well. So I knew the tone of the book, right? I was able to speak from the voice that I knew I wanted to have. I wanted it to be full of compassion. I wanted it to be positive. I wanted it to be uplifting. I didn't want it to be shame-filled, but I also wanted it to be honest and direct. And so because I knew the tone of the book, I was able to ask for what I needed when it came to edits and and conversations around that because I knew my voice. I'm also really glad I went to Copenhagen. I think the town itself was really inspiring. It was a really happy place to be. It was one of the happiest times of my life. And I know that it's a big reason that I was able to get so much work done in such a short amount of time. 
The other thing is that I asked for feedback. I asked for edits from tons of people, from tons of different perspectives, and I really valued and took and adjusted accordingly. And because of that, right, and in that goes, I didn't really have an ego about it, right? Like I want this book to serve, and because I want it to serve, I don't feel attached to my way of doing it. I, I knew my voice and I, and I was attached to my voice, but not so much like me being like this perfect artist who like doesn't have anything to fix. Like I really felt comfortable with the fact that like this is going to have flaws and we're going to work on it and we're going to fix it. And I believe in the work that I'm putting out right now and I'm going to trust that process. Now, some things that I wish I'd done differently. I wish that I'd hired an internal copy editor. You guys probably know by now if you follow me on Instagram, I am a typo queen. I have so many grammatical errors. I just kind of wish I'd had someone else like run through and scan all of that before I ever even sent it over to my publisher. Not necessarily because my publisher seemed to mind, but just more so because I was like, felt some kind of way about it. And I would love to have someone in my team just kind of clear that out. I also wish I'd given myself more time with less on my plate. I, you know, I gave myself two weeks out of the business, but a full two months to really focus on the book alone would have been so, so nice. And that could have been even short for somebody. So if I move forward to do this, that's definitely an objective of mine is to have a lot more time away from the day-to-day of running the business to really focus on creating something special. The other thing is that I would have hired marketing help. (laughs) And so, you know, we're in this phase now where we're thinking of like, how are we marketing this? How are we doing this? And I'm so excited about that. But again, I'm in my day-to-day of my business. I'm running it every single day. So like the idea of thinking big picture, planning out a marketing plan, that stuff's like not necessarily like forefront of my mind, right? I really like the work that I do and I tend to stay there. So I would have hired marketing help a long time ago if I had really thought about it. I wanted to talk this through with you, one, because everyone keeps asking me about it. They, you know, once I showed the process, people wanted to understand it. They saw the post-it notes and were like, what are those for? And I wanted to share. Um, But also because it's important to open up behind the scenes of projects like this. I want to be open about the fact that some things worked, some things didn't work. There are things that I would do differently next time. I also want to be clear that the process that worked for me might not work for you. And you might have a process that is the complete opposite of this process that would work much, much better for you. And all of that is okay. And a lot of the work around the Enneagram that I'm doing and, and want to do is around the fact that your process is whatever process that works for you. That's the one that's good. Uh, my process worked for me. It might not work for you. And I want to release all shame around that. And so I wanted to open the doors up, open the curtains up, share a little bit about that behind the scenes of this. I hope you enjoyed that little peek behind the curtain. If you are interested in the book itself, you can pre-order now. It's available anywhere that you can buy books online, um, Amazon, Indie Books, you know, my local bookstores, Mallow Props Bookshop in Asheville, North Carolina, and you can order from them online too. A little plug there. Or you can go to the link in our Instagram bio, which takes you right to our publisher's website where you can get access to all the places where you can buy it. Um, It's called The Honest Enneagram by Sarah Jane Case, and you should grab it up. Now, it's enough rambling for me. Thank you guys so much for being here. And if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the episodes we've done before, leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to get this podcast to more amazing listeners just like you. And I will see you in the next episode.